Hello and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, we want to make sure you know how much we appreciate you. Thank you for listening and being a part of our podcast family. If you enjoy what we do, please take a moment to share your favorite episode with someone. It really does help our podcast grow. Good afternoon. Come in. Please sit down. How are you? Oh my goodness. You have a migraine. That's not good. Here, let me turn the lights down. That's a good place to start. And sit, sit right here. Sit, sit right here in this nice, comfortable chair. Let me adjust the seat for you and the headrest. Yeah. The adjustable headrest is very padded, very soft. It almost envelops your head and it... I've noticed the foam of the cushion gently caresses your ears and helps shield them from loud noises. Is that comfortable? Good. Oh, good. That's very nice. And let me pull up the adjustable footrest. You're not too tall. You're not too short. You're just right. See how it's adjustable? And we can raise it up just right. Recline you just enough. There you go. It's amazing what they can do with little motors and remote controls now, isn't it? Are you comfortable? Okay. Well, I'm not done yet. Before I finish adjusting the chair, here's a nice, cool bottle of water. It's not ice cold. It's been out. I let it sit out for a little bit. But it's cool. I'd like you to drink out of the bottle this much. Do you see my finger? I want you to drink this much water. Just sip it while I finish adjusting you in the chair. Okay. Sometimes headaches, as funny as it sounds, are because the body doesn't have enough water in it and you're feeling a little dehydrated. So if you can't remember the last time you had a substantial glass of water, not soda, not coffee, not tea, 
or a sugar drink, you know, water, just plain water. Sometimes just a little bit of water can really help the body balance out its chemical reactions. And it can really help with a headache. Okay? Good. Good. Okay. So now we're going to finish adjusting the chair while you're having a sip of water. I'm going to do the armrest right here. Put your arm down. I know the chair is a little like over padded, but that's the idea. It's supposed to suck you in and envelop you, make you feel like you're in a cushioned, self-made cocoon almost to, to just like pull you in. And we'll adjust the arm. And if you don't mind switching hands with the bottle of water, I'll adjust the other armrest. There you go. There you go. Good. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Now, would you like to recline just a little bit more? Get your legs a little elevated? All right. Now, I should have asked you ahead of time if you wanted to remove your shoes. Do you want to take off your shoes and be more comfortable, or would you like to leave them on? Okay. No, I can take them off for you. It's very simple. I will undo your shoes and lay them down together right here on this tissue that we have on the ground. Okay. Take them off. Set them down. There you go. Okay. Now we're not quite done. You've got your water. You're sitting back. Here is a very cool compress. Now there are beads of gel inside this compress. And I'm going to lay it across your forehead and your eyes. Now, right now, don't cover your eyes. We're just going to put it across your forehead. But the idea of this compress is just to help the muscles. You have all these muscles in your face, your forehead, across your brow, and they're tightening up. They're clenching from the pain. You have a little bit of that in your neck, and we're going to deal with that as we go along. But right now, I just want to get your um, mind and your head to physically start to relax. Get the mind to relax and get the forehead, the muscles to relax. Trying to get the body and the mind in sync together. And all these beads do is they conform to the surface of your skin. And they have a cooling feel to them. They won't chill you. They'll just cool your warm skin down and help you relax. So I'm going to lay this compress across your head. And as I said, there's a, what you know, you can pull it down over your eyes when you're ready. But for right now, you don't have to. With the lights dimmed, you really don't need to cover your eyes yet to relax. All right. So, 
the next step is I have this warm, sterile, sealed in plastic, personalized flannel blanket. Now I'm going to open up the flannel blanket, pull it out of the wrapper. There you go. And, yes, it's a nice cooling blue color. And I'm going to take this blanket and we'll start at your feet and your legs and we'll cover you up and wrap you up. This is going to help finish the cocoon effect. The temperature is set at 71 degrees. Not too hot, not too cool. And we're going to tuck you in with this thin flannel blanket just to help your body stay warm and regulated while you're wrapped in the cushiony, perfectly form-fitted chair around you. And once we have you completely wrapped up, I'm going to leave your arms out so that you can drink your water and so that you don't feel claustrophobic. It's very important that you feel both comforted and comfortable. Now, look at me real, real quick. Look at my eyes. Comfortable and comforted are two different things. And in our high-stress lives that we live now, it's easy to get headaches, migraines, stress. It's just all around us. And you might have a comfortable existence, a comfortable life. But are you truly comforted? Are you comforted in your life where you feel loved, cherished? cared for? Do you feel like there's someone out there that thinks about you and worries about you every day? Here, let me tuck the blanket up under your arms and around your sides. I'll take my hands and press the flannel down on around your side all the way down to your legs, your hips, and you're wrapped up tight and snug as a bug in a rug. Do you feel better? Good, good. Now we're going to do just a little bit of work on you of a physical nature, okay? I want you to try to keep your eyes closed, keep as comfortable as you can, gently sip the water. You're doing great. Do you feel better? Just a little bit? Okay. And I want you to try to relax and let me first 
work on your forehead a little bit. Now what we're going to do is just gingerly rub under the compress, down around the brow, the scalp. Now along the temples, gently rubbing your temples, and then working the cheeks, the cheekbones, the sides of your jaw, there you go, your face is so tight, you're a little warm, you're definitely stressed out. We need to get you to forget about the world for just a little while. We need to take and walk you through what you're dealing with right now. And get you to walk away from it just for a little moment in time. Yes. Now, stay as comfortable as you can and still as you can. I'm going to just work the back your scalp, the back of your skull, and your head, just the back, down each side. There you go. You're doing wonderful. You really are. And then I want to get the area behind your ears, around your ears, gently now, getting in close to your ears. like that, in so close, yes, and then down along the sides of your neck, and the back of your neck, and we have to be so gentle, you never want to press hard on the sides and the front area, but you want to stroke gently down the front, help loosen up those lymph nodes, the fluids flowing again, get all the toxins in your body flowing down using the power of constant gravity in the world to pull down on those toxins and pull them down to your organs where they can be dis dissolved and dispelled from the body. That's right. The body's good at getting rid of waste products. When you help it along, it's designed for this planet, designed for the gravity around it. Do you feel better now? Good. Just a little better. I know this is going to sound silly, but I feel like I'm compelled to tell you a story. Isn't that weird? I'm rubbing your hands and your arms, helping you get your mind off of the little things and the big things that bother you, helping you relax, walking you through and away from the pains of life. We won't mention them anymore. We're just going to talk. 
was a story I heard in 1985. That's right. Now, it may not be historically accurate, so you'll have to forgive me if it's a apocryphal story, you know, a work of fiction or a legend. But it was told to me with such heart, told to me with such passion, it never, never left me. I always felt strangely compelled by this story. And it was the story of F. Scott Fitzgerald. My uh, English teacher was telling us about this author, F. Scott Fitzgerald. He was actually a poor man, and he fell in love with this very rich young lady. Her family wouldn't approve of them dating. Things were a little different back then. Parents had more of a hold over their child's picks for spouses. And sadly, people lived a life of luxury and wealth parents threatened to cut them off from that wealth, well, that would be a great motivator not to marry somebody of lower social standing. And our subject, F. Scott Fitzgerald, was very poor at the time. A young man struggling to be a writer. And the worst thing in the world could happen to him. The worst thing in the world. Believe me. He fell in love. He fell madly head over heels in love. And you might ask me, why is that the worst thing that could happen to a man? Men are strong tough. They don't like to admit it, but they are hardworking and they feel so much self-worth from their work day. They feel like they accomplished something. They feel strong about themselves. Love, romance, these things, whether men want to admit drains us, it levels man, it weakens him, he feels outside himself, he starts to put someone else first in his mind, in his life, a man will die for someone he loves, he will, he'll fight to the death for someone he And he reminds himself of that often. And I think what F. Scott Fitzgerald must have experienced 
falling in love with someone outside his social standing. No means, no ability to impress her family. No way to win her over, win her parents over, let alone the fact that he was compromised, weak, weakened, in love. My teacher stood up in front of us. She was a wonderful lady. She was so well-versed in the arts, a Renaissance person, so knowledgeable about theater, the arts, literature, the English language. She was amazing. She wove the story, and she used her hands to emphasize F. Scott Fitzgerald sitting at his desk, writing his books, writing, typing, working out the prose, the story, working out what he was going to submit to his publishers, struggling to tell a story so powerful that he could not only sell it to a publishing house, but he could, it would be a bestseller. He could make a fortune. He could earn the money for the approval of this girl's family, win her heart, win the day, fill this void of love passion in his heart, truly become the man that he wished he could be. He willed himself to sit and work and struggle every day. She took her hands and she put them up to her head. and She said, he said he literally saw her face in the pages. He would look down as he was writing or typing, working on his novel, eating, drinking, studying, doing his research. Every time, every winking moment, the pen in his hand, his fingers on the keypad, of his typewriter, he could see her face in the pages. He could see her face in the pages, and it always haunted me when she said that. It haunted me like he was looking through a two-way mirror at a ghost looking back at him, not able to see him but she could still perceive there was something else on the other side of that glass. That she was being observed, that she was being studied, that 
she was being hunted by the most desperate of predators in the world. A man overwhelmed with love, overwhelmed by his emotion, so determined to win her heart, to shoot Cupid's arrow and make a direct strike on the target. And he worked tirelessly. He worked his fingers to the bone. He was a man obsessed, a man possessed to succeed. The demons that must have tortured this man in his waking moments, let alone the terrors and the nightmares he must have experienced when he finally succumbed to exhaustion, tried to rest, tried to sleep. And it was every day. There were no days off for young Ed Edmund. And he would be considered a stalker these days. A weirdo, a pervert, goofy, strange. We tell the story like he's a warrior. Then, a man who won the day because he did accomplish his goals. And I find that so amazing. We know the story because he won. He finished his book, books, sent them along. They were published. He became wildly famous, wildly popular. Everyone wanted to interview him. Everyone wanted to know his name. His book was a off-the-charts bestseller. He amassed a fortune and he went back to this young lady, now wealthy man, and they accepted his offer of marriage. And he won the day. We tell modern-day stories of Travis Bickle, Rupert Pumpkin, The Joker, Dumb and Dumber, these marginalized characters trying so hard to win the heart of this girl they are obsessed with and in love with. And we giggle and laugh at them. But we've all been there, haven't we? To be so infatuated in love with some young, beautiful girl. So perfect that we don't even see a single flaw. There could be no flaw. How could there be a flaw in something so perfect as this 
image of beauty standing in front of me that actually gave me the time of day that actually cares about me that actually worries about me and as life is always the way it is something always keeps us apart from these perfect moments and unions that happen timing isn't right finances aren't right we're already involved in a relationship and we have to learn as adults that not all stories of love romance have a true happy ending some do like F. Scott Fitzgerald but not all of them do some of them end up a comedy a farce a silly moment of embarrassment in our lives and we're wrecked and we sit in the theater full of people around us laughing laughing together at somebody's strange silly misfortune all because they lost their heart I'm all over today with this story but I just had to tell it I don't even know to this day if it's true I looked it up and I assume it's true several times in my life I looked up and read about him and wondered if it was true but I always held back not verifying the story because I think I wanted to not know it's a story that distracts me when I need it when I need to think about the world as a fairy tale I'm serious now I'm serious I sit here and look at you when I need to see the world as a fairy tale believe that princes kiss sleeping beauties bring them back to life that these stories aren't made up to help us sleep that maybe they're real that maybe they're still men sweeping in like knights of shining armor and there's still women out there so beautiful that a man would do anything for her he would give away his heart forever for her I want to believe that these bedtime 
bedtime stories are real sometimes. And they comfort me. And I want you to think maybe, maybe they're real too. So I never fact-checked and verified that story about that young author a hundred years ago, so obsessed, so in love. I just like to think that he won, and he lived happily ever after. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.